0: Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group, and now, Kevin Ray.
1: And welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Mark Griffith, co-host, filling in for the very verbal Kevin Ray, who cannot be with us today, but we will carry on without him. And my best friend in the whole wide world is with me as co-host, guest co-host for today again.
2: Well, wow, that title got
1: elevated. I haven't given a name yet. Okay. <laughs>
2: there you go. Very good. <laughs> no, no.
1: Richard Swan is here, my colleague, my friend, and uh, also radio personality in town. I hear you every so often on Facebook, so. Oh you know, well, thanks, sir. Listen, it's good. But uh, we've got a great show lined up, but right now I want to tell you how you plug in with us. On thehousinghour.com, that's where our treasure trove of information and a previous recording of our guest that's in studio with us today, you can check it out there. Also, Facebook slash the Housing Hour, that's a good one. Um, we get a lot of social interaction there, so please Facebook slash the Housing Hour, Twitter at the Housing Hour, and all the other social media stuff in between. We've got a whole social media team and group that does nothing but blast our show out on, on Facebook. So I'm thankful for Mortgage Investors Group, who this show is, is presented by, has taken the time to get the team behind us, uh, Kevin and I, and do all those things that I used to do for the last eight years or so. So um, we're grateful for that. Check it out, housinghour.com. But uh, today we've got a great guest, local guy, really interesting guy. Um, he's an author. One Dog's Faith. If you remember this book, it's been maybe two or three years ago. Two years ago, we had him on the show talking about this and his dog, Mango. Mango wrote the book, actually, technically, but... Tom Baker decided he need to speak for Mango today.
3: Well, when she when she tried to type on the laptop, it was a mess. <laughs> yes. the, the paws are not built for that, so I, I I typed for her. You know, you're such an innovative guy. I can't.
1: Uh, you should be able to figure out how to create a, a keypad for her, <laughs> right? A paw pad. A paw pad. <laughs> Maybe something that she could walk on. But we've got a great show. Tom has uh, written a second book. I, I call it a companion book. Because One Dog's Faith, written in a time of Tom's life where he was probably in a very dark place. It was uh, a struggle. I was really struggling. And this companion book is called Worry is Stupid. And it just really gets to the point because everybody gets consumed with worry. I know I do. And I know better than this. But it does it, 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 it can consume my life and I have to stop and, and I have to take inventory of what's going on and how to so when I read this worry is stupid this really spoke to me I re- read it twice. Oh nice. Well it's, it's not long. It's, it's it's very much to the point very much to the point but it's packed full of information. So let's first talk about that dark place you were that
3: led you to this one dog's faith. okay um, I'm a video producer. That's uh, right. Uh, I, I've been in media. I, I, it was right after electricity was perfected is when I started. <laughs> 35 <laughs> uh, years ago. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I started in radio and um, moved around uh, town to, to various uh, media thing. I worked for an ad agency for a while. And at that ad agency, uh, I started producing TV commercials. I went, like, hey, I like this. So uh, I got myself into television uh, at production companies um, and uh, when HGTV opened up in town. Uh, ended Which was up, huge for it, Knoxville. It, it is. And it, and it still is. It still it's still a big deal. And um, I started working there as a video editor uh, and uh, before launch working on promotions and, and, and different things and was there seven years and, and worked my way up into being over uh, managing the post-production editing department and I saw how much business was going out. Uh, they they grew so fast, they had to contract business uh, to other companies, and I was the guy, the contact to all these, and I went, wait a minute, yeah. they're, they're sending so much stuff out, there's a business. So I left a perfectly good job, a perfectly secure job to open up my own business and um, started doing contract work for them, and it was actually wonderful. Uh, they're, they're, they're a tremendous company, I still do work for them, um, and it grew tremendously fast uh my intention was to have uh the you know high reputation uh a very good quality i hired uh the best people i knew in the business and um it grew really uh, like it doubled in business uh, in in money and income five years in a row It just kept getting bigger and bigger and, and i decided to grow with it You know, buying more and tremendously expensive TV equipment, hiring uh, more people. I had a production truck, all these lights, cameras, everything. And then in 2011, going into 2012, the bottom just fell. There was ebbs and flows all the way through the thing. And, and, you know, we had uh, some savings to counteract that, but uh, it, it never came back. Business went to nearly a third of what it was. And, and you know, I kept thinking, okay, you know, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. And it was just, you know, new competition. It was uh, people that I'd worked with for a long time either got promoted, retired, moved on, budgets got slashed. It was it was a perfect storm. And it never came back. I wanted to keep the reputation up. So I kept my employees and didn't pay the IRS. Yeah, that's a, that's not a good plan, it, Tom. It didn't work well. No. And so... Uh, Over a year's time, I had to ultimately lay off all uh, the employees, which I felt tremendously responsible for. I felt, you know, they were family, they're friends, and and I hate it; just killed me. And and over the process of a year, I lost 30 pounds due to worrying and stress, and I was just in a terribly dark place. I, I, you know, I would I would get nauseated when the phone rang because uh, I knew it was somebody wanting money. I I, 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 w- I just would avoid going to the mailbox because there were all these final notices I owed everybody and everything money and it was killing me and um my wife who is a complete rock she she did her best to try to pull me out of this and everything she did i think you know not by her uh, doings it just it was me and i just got deeper and deeper in this in this little pit i was digging for myself and i i didn't know where to turn it was it was just scary and, and that is not a, a weight loss plan mm. that I suggest. Uh, it, you know, some people stress eat or whatever, and I think I did, but I still just the, the worry just consumed me. It just it spiraled out of control.
1: And something that you said at the beginning there, um,
3: you, when when the market changed, when the business changed, you didn't change exactly. And I think that was probably looking back now, um, my pride. And my unwillingness to go and change my business model uh, because I wanted to be this big, successful, you know, all these employees. And what these it, what does the Bible
1: say about a haughty spirit uh, before the fall? Something. It, it
3: says something that they, they <laughs> would, would point
2: me right in the chest and go, ouch. Now, and one thing in your defense, because I've known you Oh, we've known each other yeah. since first grade Sunday school. I and think. you're a very positive outlook type of person. So I probably perceive that you thought this will turn around. I can make this work. I can can, can. And in a situation like that, what you do is you end up working harder and become more frustrated yeah. almost because you're spinning your wheels. You're, you're, your car is working harder, but you're not going anywhere. Yeah. And that's what's frustrating and that's what's hard for people sometimes to see sometimes it takes an outside force to help them sometimes it's just a process uh you know a lot of times um churches talk about um the steps of grief and that is true what you have to go through with grief and that is very much like grieving the loss of your business the loss of that entity you created
3: and not wanting to accept it right and also being stuck in a place in, in that kind of business, um, as is as, as a lot, the equipment depreciates so fast that you can't sell it if you owe money on it, because it, it just, you, 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 there was nowhere to turn. You know, uh, once you're getting in trouble with the IRS, banks won't talk to you. You know, yeah. when, you, when you have a lien on your business from those guys, um, banks say, sorry, I can't help you. You know and yeah. and so there was there it was really uh, hard and and I prayed plenty I right. play I prayed plenty and we'll talk about that in a minute because um that's a place where um I really went wrong it's not the fact that I prayed it's what what I was praying did you feel like you' were losing faith I that? was I was losing faith in the fact that I didn't think God wanted to help me Uh I didn't, I thought I did something wrong, so I'm getting punished. Or he just like, you know, sorry. And and, you know, that's, that's perfectly wrong. It was, it was wrong. And, and all these things just, you know, went through, is God really powerful? You know, is he going to help me with this? And, you know, what I prayed was take this away. The burden of it. Yeah. Just remove this. And that's not the way he works. No. And and that that was probably one of the biggest wins of all. Through that, I'll I'll never I'll never look back at that time in my life and, and hate it because it's the best thing that ever happened to me.
1: We, and we're going to talk about how you how you you can do that. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Yes, but it's, it's, hard hard say. but it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. When we got Tom Baker in us, one dog's faith and his newest book, "Worry Is Stupid." We're going to be back right after these messages
2: change, change, change,
0: The housing hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: And we're back into the housing hour. This is Mark Griffith filling in for Kevin Ray, Richard Swan in the room with me, as always when Kevin's out of town.
2: Glad to be able to share your space. I,
1: I enjoy you being with me. <laughs> it is my space for you to share, <laughs> is certainly. And also Tom Baker, author extraordinaire. He's huge experience in the uh, entertainment industry in town, producer, writer, uh, TV shows, radio shows. A lot of different things. Tom's got talents that uh, most of us dream about, really. And I know Kevin, uh, uh, I even I dream know. about. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, well, let's let's go back. Something you were saying at the end of the last segment. Um, you were just you were just kind of saying that you look back and you you're you're grateful for that place that you were. That now that you have lenses to see, kind of explain what you were you're talking about there, right at the end.
3: When we go through struggles. Um, they, they appear to us as, as the worst possible thing. And, and I'm very guilty of it. Uh, during, during the process, all you're trying to do is dig out. And, and, and it's hard to look forward and realize that all through this struggle, all through this difficulty, you're growing and you're changing. And there, there actually is benefit from it. And and you can you, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn about how uh, w- what God's strength and His purpose for us really are. Uh, and I'm and, and I never will say that that God caused this. This was very much uh, my doing and, and poor choices. And I don't think God is a God that goes, hmm. Let's see, Tom. Let's let's just kill his business and see what happens. Now, that's not it. But i do think in the middle of the process he he allows us to reach
1: well i mean in in the bible it's good examples of job all the the problems that he went through and and, in all of that and you know he, he almost got to that point where he cursed the day that he was born sure so but how did when was it really tom that you were able to look back at a series of events in your life and say that was a good thing that I went through. Did I mean you had that moment, you wrote the book, you talk about it, but when did you realize that this is a God thing, not not a Tom thing?
3: Well, it was the transformation of my identity. Ooh. The the identity that I had developed was success, financial prosper prosperity. Uh, And uh, when that fails, and it does, then I failed. And I became a failure and lost every bit of confidence in myself because those things that I identified myself with failed. And what I realized was that is not my identity. My, My identity could and should be my faith, my family, my friends, a lot of Fs there. Um, and once I identified with that, and attempted to find my purpose in sharing my faith and sh- and, and sharing the difficulties and how I was able to uh, overcome and have victory in them, then then the, my purpose and I, my identity totally changed. And so, but
1: when you were going through this, um, uh, you, you know, we, we talked about the, the your one dog's faith in the in the book last time. And it's concentrated a lot on the worry aspect of it.
3: Yes. Th- that wasn't totally intentional. The The intention of one dog's faith was um, the silly things that dogs do. Yeah. And how we Which take them through. Com- oh, and, but, but we take them for granted. You know, that silly dog, why is she barking? What, you know, that silly dog, get out of my face. I'm not in the mood to play. Um, and, you know, I, I totally believe that God tries to show his... Uh, glory and 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 things that we can learn from in in a billion ways and dogs are just one of them but but once I started watching her I was initially really mad at her during this process because it was this slobbery mutt you know why is she happy all the time what's your deal and so the more I watched her the more I realized they got it right mm-hmm. they're, they're getting it right most of the time. dogs don't worry but um, good grief there's so many things we can learn from dogs Um loyalty forgiveness patience companionship um it's all there it's humble it? <laughs> uh they're not too proud to eat off the floor they don't care um you know th- they're comfortable in their own fur at all times even if you put a stupid hat on them and, and, I, and I love
1: how <laughs> exactly and i love how they can go
3: from being angry to happy in moments, and, and just it's like okay. no happy wins. It <laughs> yeah. just comes, overcomes, and and we humans, and me especially, uh, happy gets that fourth place, right? Because I'm so consumed with the worry of the moment. But but your your book, and, and even the
1: subtitle of the book is how my dog helped me trust in God and overcome chronic worrying. Yeah. It. So the the companion piece of this worry is stupid. This book that you wrote. Why did you what? compelled you what did you feel like you needed to go and pull these precepts out that you talked in and discovered in your book
3: well Dog's faith I, with a marketing in mind I, I, I was a marketing at, graduated at, at UT and um like you know I'm not gonna write a book and just have it sit there my, one of my one of my biggest oh. worries was to have a garage full of boxes of unsold books and um so like you know, the, the probably the best way to go and promote this is to go speak places, um, civic groups, church groups, and, and I still do that and it's probably become one of my biggest passions now. But when I would go speak, I would speak mostly about the dog and what I learned from Mango. And the, the common denominator always was, when people would come up afterwards or questions during, was worry. Right. And I'm figuring out that I'm not the only one who worries. I'm really not. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think it's it, statistics show, uh, and, and, and you know, if it's on Google, it's got to be true, but statistics show that three out of four of us worry every day, usually wake up with it and go to sleep with it. Three out of four. And 65% of our ailments, our illnesses are worry or stress related um we are just a worried society and and the sad thing is is that our kids are growing up thinking that's normal mm. and and that's really got me sad
2: and the the flip side of that and you bring it up you know also in your book but the flip side of that is the worrying never advances your position at all it the never solves anything never contributes at all to the the outcome to the success and yet we all do it and we all struggle with it and you know Mark and I have had several different authors on this show and one of the things and I and I hear it somewhat in what you're saying is the book was partly therapeutic for you yes but then also the speaking and talking with other people can be therapeutic for other people as well, and sharing that and just having people realize that this is not the only thing, and it, and it not, takes you down I'm the wrong down, path. I'm not downplaying psychology or, or any of that of people that really have health issues that they or yes. mental issues they need to deal with. But at the same time, sometimes all we need to hear, you're not the only one out there that's worried.
3: You're not the only one out there. By, Is it helping you? And there's hope that it's going to change. It's going to get better at some point. It may not be exactly what we want, but this storm is not going to to continue forever. Storms run out of rain. And what I I love in the book, in the introduction, and that's just the
1: introduction. You you say something here that is incredibly important and I think sets the stage for the entire book is why you put it in there. That that would be why. Why? (laughs) But a lot of people skip. The introduction they go to the first chapter they do okay. I, I wrote an online uh ebook on on a murder mystery a murder that happened here in in knoxville and a lot of and i put a lot of information in the preface and in the introduction and thinking that people would do that and they they totally go right it. through wrote, it wow. hey what about how did this stuff so anyway you wrote you wrote in the introduction worry is a choice not a requirement and see i
3: think people have it reversed i used to think that if i didn't worry about it
2: then it wasn't important, right? And and that you weren't doing anything.
3: Yeah. So what?
2: Well, and and need that, to worry yeah, about we're this, always so, trying to yeah. attempt
3: to fix things that we have no information. Uh, we we try to fix tomorrow's problems with today's information. And to answer your question, why this book? Why why worry is stupid? And it was a result of people coming afterwards. To, Do you have something that covers what you just talked about? Mm-hmm. When, when I went out and speak, to speak at places, that was the question. Do you have and I love I like the dog thing but do you have something that's specifically on worry and so that's where this came from kind of like a a, a quick little um, Yeah. Yeah, just the, tools. It's an 80 85 page thing and you can get through it in a couple of hours um and but I go back to it all the time because I didn't beat worry. I I I learned steps to stop the process of letting it spin out of control. And you know you can you can take a pair of jeans and you can throw them in the wash 20 times they're not really going to get any cleaner than the first time, but what we try to spin it until something happens and, and it, spin, it rolls around in our head and, and nothing changes. All you've done is just torn up the pair of jeans.
2: Exactly. Yes, yeah. and I've seen that they get smaller. At least that's <laughs> yes, my thought. They do, but <laughs> those, it doesn't those, help those anything. are tighter than they used to be. <laughs> and when we
1: come, we come back from this break, we're going to talk a little bit more from Tom Baker about worry is stupid. So keep right there for us. Is a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry.
0: The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin
1: Ray. And again, we're back into the housing hour with our third segment, Tom Baker in the House, One Dog's Faith, and his latest book, companion book, Worry is Stupid. Simple ideas to help you minimize worry. Richard Swan's with us, helping us break this down for us. But, uh, Tom, tell me, in this book, you define worry. Let's, let's have your definition of what
3: worry is so we know we're on the same page. Right. Well, concern which to me is healthy, is a little different than worry. Concern would be I put a, a helmet on my twelve-year-old before he rides his bike because I'm concerned he might get hurt. I wear a seatbelt because I'm concerned I'm going to get a ticket. Right. <laughs> no, actually, because I, you know it might have an accident. It might, uh, but so so concern. Now we know how fast. <laughs> yes, um, you know it helps us plan. Right. It helps us uh, prepare or or avoid. It's healthy. But once that starts spiraling, and I've got two teenage daughters, one is just now beyond that, but still, uh, that that is concerning. But when, you know, you remember the day when when they got in the car for the first time, you gave them the keys. You you've been trying to, your best to prepare them, but the second they start the engine and drive around the corner, all these things starts appearing in your head, and you start really it's beyond concern you start really worrying about their safety and about what something might happen but then when they don't text or they don't call when they're supposed to have been somewhere in 10 minutes and it's 30 minutes later your your head is consumed with what possibly could happen worst case you have no information you have no idea you can't see here from there of course i have fine find my friends now so i can tell now but 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 before that um so to me, the definition of worry is being afraid of something that might happen that we don't think we can handle. Irrationalized fear. Yeah, basically, it is. It's it's and, and the bottom line is it's fear. And fear is, it, it can be healthy for us for a limited amount of time. We can be chased by a bear. Yes. And we can go into fight or flight mode and all and, i have to do is outrun richard <laughs> exactly you just got to be ahead of the other guy but but your body really really gets into high motion blood's pumping like well, that's crazy general is for and we are designed for that that's we right. are not designed for that long term so if you worry as i have and still do sometimes for a long period of time it is not healthy and you're talking about heart disease. You're talking about high blood pressure. You're talking about ulcers. They have even linked uh, many diseases, including cancer, to stress and worry as being as being the the initiator.
1: But when you're anxious, uh, when you're worried, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the health problems you have. But it also interferes with relationships
3: sometimes. I Can't think I? I think that is one of my. And we're we're on the housing hour, so we talk about what goes on in the house. That was the biggest problem. When when you know I've worried a lot, but but when I talk about the business failing and, and our financial crisis, that's kind of the culmination of showing me how bad this is because I got completely disengaged with my family. Um, I was so consumed. I was I was angered easily. I was in my own little world, and uh, I didn't. You know, there were, there were a lot of things involved. I didn't feel like I, was wor- I wasn't was providing for them. I wasn't, uh, you know, it, anything. I, I couldn't offer anything to anybody. And that's that's a tough place to be. And you know, now being an old Sunday school teacher,
1: they're in anxious, you know, in Philippians or whatever. The root word is marizo, And you know what that means? No. In the Greek? Kornay mm-hmm. Greek? Divide. To divide. Wow. So
3: it's... Yes, I divided myself from the family.
1: You can you you do. You can there's a wedge that goes in there. You but you can also divide yourself from, you know, whatever spiritual, you know, connection you have. You talked about prayer. How did how did your prayer like get affected during this
3: period of time? I started praying in desperation. And and that's not a bad thing. Right. But my prayer was please take this away. I don't want this. And and that's a, that's a very normal reaction, but what I was saying to God is, take me out of the game, put me on the bench. I don't want to do this. I'm done. It, 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 yeah, I I I, tired, I
2: resign tired of being an adult.
3: Yeah. When the <laughs> yeah. prayers exactly. should have been, show me what I'm supposed to learn from this. Yeah. Show me your strength. Show me that you will at least walk with me, and and. Give me ideas on what what I'm supposed to do with this, and, and what he told me, it, it wasn't audible, but but the feeling started coming, is share this, share this, and it can help people.
1: And you know, so at the beginning of the segment, you mentioned um, uh, worry versus concern, mm-hmm. and you kind of went went through that, and Paul even said, "I've learned to be concerned." Yes. So it was it's a concern. Because worry may be, I I always thought what he was saying is worry is a natural state. It's, everybody gets, so you have to teach yourself how to move those items into a more helpful mode with concern. But you have to stop the spin cycle,
3: is is what you got to do. And I haven't, I have not beaten worry and we never will because we hit reset every morning. There's new opportunities to worry every day, and they're they're very difficult things to deal with. But we can stop that motion. And, and and what I learned from Mango, and the three basic things I learned from Mango was do what dogs do. Live for now. That's the only control we have is our choices, this moment. And and
2: dogs do it really well. They're just like, now, let's 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 go enjoy. Well and Let's talk briefly about professions because, Mark, you and I are in professions. We see people's financials every day. We see people that are doing great. We see people that have come through a bankruptcy, have gone through a divorce where one partner or the other has taken advantage or really hurt the financial picture. And think about nurses who see illness and who see sickness and accidents all the time and think about police officers and and veterans who see the worst in people sometimes. And if you don't get a handle on that, if you don't have coping mechanisms for dealing with those, then those things can become, as you said earlier, spiraling. Worry spirals out of control because you just are trying to get a handle on it and, and are at at a place where you don't know what to do. And that's why talking is so important with everybody. And especially we're headed into the holidays and they say holidays are very difficult for a lot of people.
1: Well and but what you just said is 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 in this book and, and, and I read it in, in Dog's Faith and this book, um he, is is how to deal with that because you had th- three unique steps or, or, or positions. That's,
3: and that's one of them.
1: See, the and the and you one, hit on it.
3: Yeah, is the fact that you don't have to take more than about two steps to realize somebody else is in more trouble than you are. And um, one of the one of the greatest ways to minimize worry is to serve, and, and that's what dogs do. I think dogs are one of the only creatures that love others more than themselves. My cat. No, <laughs> and, and I like my cat, but but that's just not her. We've that's, all that, we've all been there. <laughs> yes, and so um, once once you learn to reach out, even if you're in the middle of a crisis, uh, if you learn to reach out and try to help someone that is in more trouble than you, then, then it just takes your worry down about seven steps. And, and here's here's the blessing in it, is when you, when I was in a divorce, I can look at any disaster that I've had, a divorce, um, whatever, and I've learned that once I have kind of been able to get through the grief and start the, the repair mechanism and also the learning mechanism, I've learned that people who are going through it now Really, only can will will listen to someone who's been there. You can walk up to somebody in divorce and say, "Hey, dude, I'm you know I feel you. I, I, uh, you know, uh, you know we're we're praying for you." And that's there's nothing wrong with that. But the person who comes up and said, "Look, I went through a horrible divorce, a, a terrible child custody battle, and I, I, it's not the same." But but I'm here for you, and I can I can walk through it with you the best I can, and they're gonna listen. And that turns your disaster into a, your battle into a blessing.
1: And I, you know, I remember um, we're almost out of time in this this segment. Uh, but I remember are um, our, our going into the same situation, and there was somebody that was went through this in church, and people were saying, "Well, maybe you should step down in this leadership role." And one of the pastors came and said, "No, you need to keep going forward because now you've got a message. Yeah, you've really got something
3: to you share." Some, and I I'm didn't not going to stand that at the time. I don't trust a faith that isn't tested. Yeah. Even my own. And and the more battles that I find and it's not necessarily finding victory in the battle. It's weathering the battle. Finding God in the battle. Yes. And the way we find we need God is not when we're sitting in the leather easy chair. <laughs> <laughs> and I have one at home and and I, and I'd sit in it as much as possible I think, I think but I can't stay there yes uh but the you know I, I think we don't know we need God until we need him and then then we reach out but sometimes in desperation but but he didn't care he he just wants us to reach and 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 when you reach and you start looking for strength and you look for hope, <laughs> then the picture changes because it's there. And we've got
1: Tom Baker in Worry is Stupid talking and discussing this, giving great precepts to your life. We'll have one more segment. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: And we're back into the Housing Hour. This is Mark Griffith with Richard Swan. We're talking to Tom Baker, author of One Dog's Faith. Check out thehousinghour.com. You're going to get all the information there and Amazon links. And
3: uh, Tom, tell us your website. The the website for this book is worryistupid.com. Okay. And then there's one dog's faith.com or for speaking purposes. If if uh, a company, a church, whatever would like to have uh, uh, me speak places, uh, it's tombakerspeaker.com.
1: And uh, and I really recommend that um, because just talking to you, it, it's very therapeutic almost. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but certainly reading the book was. And I remember the last interview we went through, I, I was very engaged uh, with, with the topic. So. Let's talk about some of the things. I mean, we got we're in the beginning of the holiday seasons, yeah. and, and we have a lot of stuff that comes on our plate. We start to worry. What are some of the things we we tend to worry about on a daily basis? What are the
3: seasonal things we worry about? Well, again, research. You know, and if it's on the web, it's right. But but it's true. I mean, I, I would say money is is right there at the top. Uh, sickness. Um, Oddly enough, one of the things that on some of the lists that I read, the top worry that we have is our appearance. 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 And and don't take that for face value because I did it first, you know, makeup, hair, whatever. That's not it. It's how we appear to others. And, And I think that was, if I break down what I was worried so much about when my business was failing, was how I looked to other people. You know, I, in a holistic sort of way, like is he is he successful? successful does looking? he? And and I think the bottom line is, does he have it together? Mm. Uh, if, if we always want to appear that we have it together, please don't go look in my car right now because it's a mess. I don't want you to think that I don't have it together, that I'm not organized. And so we really worry about that. We really worry about how we appear to others. You know, we go to church and we, how are you doing? I'm awesome. My wife, you know, she say. Why did you just say that? You're not. You're you're in a mess right now. <laughs> but but it's true. We just want to appear like we we're inside. We, so here here's some more statistics that I think are awesome about worry. Forty percent uh, of the things we worry about will never happen. <laughs> Do not ever happen. Forty percent. Thirty percent of the things we worry about have already happened. So we're looking backwards. Yes. Th- think. Reply. All. Yeah, <laughs> you, you you know a personal you you do a, a reply to an email that's <laughs> that's something really personal you don't want anybody to think you hit reply oh oh no so and then twelve um, percent of the things we worry about are petty uh, medical issues and I say petty because I, like a couple of weeks ago I had a little stitch in my side and, and many years ago I had a kidney stone so instantly that little stitch in my side, that was a little more persistent than just, you know, the little pain. And I'm like, oh, I start, just, it just goes around and around in my head. I've got a kidney stone. What am I going to do? How bad is it going to hurt? Is it going to pass? Am I going to have to get surgery? You know, it just, it just multiplies by the second. And, uh, you know, I go to Dr. Google and after 30 minutes on that, I, uh, I thought I had three days to live. So, <laughs> yeah, right. so and all, all in all, I don't have a kidney stone. And, right. and so, and then... Uh, of those are are total petty worries. What am I going to wear to this interview? You know, these shoes match. You know, just silly little things that we do. So if you add all that up, 92% of the things we worry about are useless and senseless. Hmm. There are things that we should worry about and address and deal with, but 92% of the things we allow to spin out of control in our heads are completely useless.
1: Well, let me ask you just your opinion. Do you think we worry more now in this this age that we're in? Do you think our parents had the same type of worries in the past? Um how, how do you think we compare to to our
3: last uh, generation? I'll put it this way. Yeah. Um today's college student if you compare the amount of stress that they are under to 1940 If you were to put today's college student and transform in time to 1940, they'd be institutionalized because of the stress that they were under. So, yes, I think our stress has multiplied due to the information that we're able to get on uh, uh, available. I think uh, all of us are, are probably a little overstretched money wise. And I think we realize how fragile things are. You know, one thing breaks. Man, I'm in trouble. And, and and that's that's a tough place to be. But worse than that, our young kids see this happening on a normal day to day basis. they 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 you know, we're stressed, we're worried, we're we're getting the bills and wrestling, we're just you know, just like, oh, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. And kids are growing up thinking that's the way we're supposed to be. And and it's just getting worse and worse. And 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 the only place for me to turn is to faith and and understand that that there there is a god there who offers hope and offers strength and and a place to to make sure we understand we're not alone and that there is a goal at the end of all of this is just to to identify that that our purpose truly is to amplify him and not be so self-consumed
1: yeah because everything that you've mentioned because we talked earlier before on air richard you, Tom, and my, we're all the same age group. Yeah. I mean, we're within a year of, you know, 59, 60 year, years old, um, getting close to that magical mark. Um, but I don't remember this, you know, worry stuff when I was a kid. I, I don't remember that. But my kids mentioned, you know, that they were worried about this. It seemed like they're under a lot more stress.
3: It that seems was, like that. And I don't I don't think we can pinpoint it, but but yeah. we do realize... That it's a lot more fragile now.
2: There's so much more information as well. Maybe that just, just bombards over. them, and it's not reliable. I mean, if you took the time to write a textbook and do a textbook, that's probably far more reliable than an internet post. Yeah. But there's so much access to just stuff. But I'm not sure it's beneficial. And I was looking at uh, a Bible passage, which is Matthew um, chapter six, verse yeah. twenty-seven. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No, you remove it. And, you remove seconds. And I think, you know, and and you look at the faith that, and I've said this in other Bible studies that I've been involved in. I think it was much easier for people to really see the impact of God on their lives years ago when we were more farming and agrarian, yeah. because. You could plant, you could seed, you could make make sure your equipment was up to date and repaired and all of that. But if you didn't get the right amount of sun, the right amount of rain, the right amount of everything that God provides, you didn't have a crop. Yeah. And And you had to improvise. taught people more about faith and patience and waiting than we are teaching our kids necessarily today, because everything's instant gratification totally i want it now i want it
3: and i think the expectations that we all have now if you don't have the three-car garage and you don't have seven cars then then you're not successful and and that's that's a picture that we've painted for ourselves and and you mentioned that in this book you
1: because you under comfort and you say the bible didn't promise us no
3: the comfort it promised the opposite the opposite yeah and that that, I mean, that we're, going to be, we're going to go through struggles, and we're going to realize that we can actually overcome them if, if we just allow ourselves to, to bend enough to accept help from above. We we ever beat worry? No. No, I don't think we will. But I think we can learn steps to minimize it, to stop the spiraling, to, to stop it from consuming us. Because when it consumes us, we get our blinders. And we don't see all the blessings that were there yesterday that are still there now. We just don't see them. We don't choose to open the window like Mango loves to stick her head out the window. Mm-hmm. She's looking for the blessings. And, and when we're consumed with something that we're worried about, we choose not to look at all the other stuff that is, that is right there at our fingertips.
1: Right, right. So... Tell us a little bit about your speaking engagements. I know that you're you're publicly uh, speaking. We got two minutes left. Share a little bit about um, where you are.
3: Well, uh, I love speaking at churches because uh, at one of my passions is that how can a how can a believer worry? I mean, if you break it down, you believe oh. that God is the most powerful thing on earth and knows all. It's and, contradiction. And, and, yes, but we all do it because because we don't have that trust that that God's powerful enough. Or that we did something wrong, so he's, he's angry. He, he is always available to us. The answer that he offers us in prayer is not always the one that we want, right. but it takes us in the right direction if we just choose to to accept it. So I love speaking at churches. But also the corporate world uh, I spoke at Pellissippi State College uh, two weeks ago uh, to staff and to students and, and realized, man, we're all worried. We're all we're all struggling with uh, being consumed with n- uh, not accepting uh, that that we we have hope, and, and and worry kills our productivity. It kills our creativity. It kills our focus. And 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 I think that's it's been really powerful and 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 wonderful to be able to spread that message that that worry is stupid, and and you know deal with now, right. stop thinking about how I'm not going to pay this in November.
1: If somebody wanted your book, Worry is Stupid, and wanted an autograph, they can go to your website and get one. Worryisstupid.com. Worry uh, and I'll, that, that's a, you get a signed copy that way. Ah, see, that's what yeah. we need to do. Tom Baker, thank you so much. Richard Swan, we thank you so much for putting this together. And uh, hey, go to the website, thehousinghour.com, grab this show, share it with others. We'll see you next week on The Housing Hour.